All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. At the beginning of the school year at Hogwarts, the magic sorting hat assigns Harry Potter and his friends to one of four houses, depending on their personality and lineage. When I call your name, you will come forth. I shall place the sorting hat on your head, and you will be sorted into your houses. We don't have a magic hat today, but we do have a way of sorting you, dear muggles. It's Note to Self, the tech show about being human. I'm Anoush Zamarodi, and this is our first new episode of 2017. This week, a rubric for understanding what motivates us, four personality types, and four approaches to sticking to healthy habits this new year. Best-selling author and happiness expert Gretchen Rubin is back with what she calls the four tendencies— Now, of course, Gretchen is the person you want to help you troubleshoot any healthy habit that you're having trouble sticking to. And we will tell you how this relates to you and your technology. But before we hear from Gretchen, I just want to put in a word of gratitude to you, dear listeners. I want to thank you for all your generous donations that you made last month. And thank you for taking our survey about how you feel about privacy. We closed the survey after thousands of you took it, which was amazing. It's also incredibly helpful as we put together our next big interactive project. We'll be confronting all the confusing aspects related to our privacy in the digital age with a five-part plan called The Privacy Paradox. It officially launches January 30th, but you can sign up now at privacyparadox.org. Now over to Gretchen. I'm Gretchen Rubin, and I'm a writer and podcaster who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. Gretchen is best known for her book, The Happiness Project, in which she tested out theories about happiness. Then she wrote another book, Better Than Before, all about habits. And now she has a podcast that she does with her sister called Happier. But she also has another book on the way. It is called The Four Tendencies, and we are getting a sneak peek here today. One of the questions I would ask people about habits was, how do you feel about New Year's resolutions? It's a topic that snuck up on Gretchen as she was doing research for her other books. And a good number of people would always say, I don't keep a New Year's resolution because January 1st is an arbitrary date. And I was like, that's interesting because that doesn't bother me. Like, that isn't something that would jump out at me. But clearly to a lot of people, that was like an overwhelming factor. Yes. And I was like, so what is it that they have in common? Gretchen started looking for patterns, talking to people about how they started an exercise plan or they set a goal at work. But a lot of her subjects 
actually had a question for Gretchen. How did she get herself to get into all these healthy habits that she wrote about? And then how does she manage to stick to all of them? And I would say, well, I knew that they were going to make me happier, so I just did them. And they were like, but how did you get yourself to do them? And after a while, I thought, well, people are really struggling with something that for me doesn't feel like a struggle. Uh Like it is coming easily to me to just like do these things consistently. And I was realizing, but that's unusual. Like I used to just assume everybody, if they just wanted to, could do that. And now I'm like, "Mm, no, it's really people are coming from very different places. So, Gretchen being Gretchen, she set herself the goal of figuring out what those different places were. And of course, she stuck to it until she figured out this framework for personality tendencies that she says explain why we see the world from such disparate angles. And it has to do with how a person responds to an expectation. We all face outer expectations, which are things like a work deadline or requests from a spouse. And then there are inner expectations, which are like your own desire to keep a New Year's resolution or your own desire to get back into yoga. Your response to both inner and outer expectations can shape your life profoundly. And Gretchen thinks people fall into one of four categories. Let's start with tendency number one, the upholder. So upholders readily meet outer and inner expectations. They meet the work deadline. They keep the New Year's resolution without much trouble. Gretchen herself is an upholder. No wonder she is the envy of every failed New Year's resolution maker. Upholders respond readily to outer and inner expectations. So if they're at work and they have an expectation, they will find it pretty easy to meet that. And they don't need a lot of supervision. They don't need a lot of deadlines. So you could say to them, when you have some time to get around to it, will you update this file? And they'll be like, okay. They don't really need you to check on them. Then there are questioners, and questioners question all expectations. Uh They don't like anything that's inefficient or arbitrary or unjustified. So they tend to love information, and they want explanations for why they should do something. So tell me why you want me to update those files. Yes, they make everything an inner expectation. Because if something meets their criteria, if they feel like it's justified, then they will do it. And they really don't have trouble following through. But if they aren't convinced, they won't do it. So if I don't respect you as a boss, I might not do what you say. Because I'm like, why should I listen to her? Or maybe I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. We never use this file. That's not an efficient use of my time. I'm not going to do it. And you as my boss might want me to do it. But you need to explain to me why you think it's important or I'm just not going to follow through. Questioners question all expectations. If the doctor says that they need to start taking vitamin D, they'll be like, okay, but why? Am I going to feel differently? That's not what Google said. All expectations are inner expectations for the questioner. Gretchen says that most people are either a questioner or the third tendency, which is also the largest, the obliger. And obligers readily meet outer expectations, but they struggle to meet inner expectations. And to your point about, like, how did I stumble across this? I was at a restaurant with a friend who made the offhand comment. When I was in high school, I was on the track team, and I never had trouble going to track practice. So why can't I go running now? And so when my friend had a team and a coach waiting for her. She had no trouble showing up, but she couldn't just go running on her own. Obligers love to be held accountable by other people. Think of someone who announces how much weight they're going to lose on Facebook. Public pressure helps the obliger stick to it. And then rebels. Rebels resist all expectations, outer and inner alike. 
Last one coming in. Rebel is the smallest category. But sometimes upholders or questioners have a dash of the rebel. You know who you are. They want to do what they want to do in their own way, in their own time. If you ask or tell them to do something, they are very likely to resist. They're just like, don't tell me what to do. You're not the boss of me. Uh-huh. That's like their first their first inclination is to say, you can't make me. You're not the boss of me. Yeah, exactly. Okay, when we come back, how you can use this knowledge to solve a tech habit that many of you have complained to me about and what the point is to knowing your tendency. Because my tendency makes me really want to know the answer to that. Don't go away. We're back. It's Note to Self, and we are kicking off this new year with author and podcast host Gretchen Rubin. You may know her book, The Happiness Project, or her podcast, Happier. And she's telling us about the personality framework she's developed that could explain why you have such a hard or easy time keeping your New Year's resolution, or why you decided not to make one in the first place. Okay, so, I mean, are you even, like, it's kind of a joke to even ask you what you think my tendency is, because I think it's kind of written across my forehead, right? Well, I think so, but um, <laughs> let me, can I ask you a couple questions? Just yeah, to, just do it. To, um, how do you feel about New Year's resolutions? Um, you know, for me, New Year's, I'm a little bit usually depressed. I'm not a big person on holidays. If there's something that you want to do for yourself and nobody else cares, do you have trouble following through with that? No. If somebody asks you to do something that you were already intending to do, do you sometimes feel like you don't want to do it because you just don't want to do what they say? It depends who that person is. Uh, but um, but no, I mean, yeah, I would probably say like, well, I was going to do that anyway. Right. And do people generally say to you that you ask too many questions? Have people complained about that about you in the past? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think you're a questener. Yeah. yeah I mean, just from no, listening no. to your podcast, I'm like, I think she's a questioner, but I had to yeah, be sure. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder, can we do something, which is take these four categories and apply it to a problem that you and I have both heard from our listeners? Oh, um, I bet I know what you're going to say. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Yeah. This idea of like, put the damn phone yes. away at night. Yes. I mean, and I, I see it's, and I'm looking at it through the four frameworks and i think you know all of us are like oh just one more email yes. or or just one more game yes. or i just want to check the weather yes. or the headlines yes. or or i don't know i think especially after the election there's this feeling of wanting to connect or know what's yes. happening yes. or or distract i don't yeah. know lots of reasons why you'd want to be on your computer or it's really the phone though cuz it just yeah. comes with you in yes. bed or yes. next to you while you're brushing your teeth okay this is our goal I want to take that hour before I go to sleep yeah. as you know all the people recommend regarding blue light, regarding yeah. stimulation, and also because time seems to slip away yes. no matter what your motivation. Yes. And let's try and get the phone away a little earlier applying your four tendencies. Yes. Okay. So first, upholders. So upholders probably struggle with this less than anybody because they're very good at managing inner and outer expectations, but they also respond very well to scheduling because they're very, very focused on like a schedule and moving through. So if an upholder would say to himself or herself, like, after 9.30 p.m., I'm not going to check my phone and I'm going to go put it in this place and I'm going to plug it in and then it's just over. For them, it's like, what is that time? And I'm going to schedule that time. There's a rule. There's a rule that you're going to follow. 
Now, for questioners, look at the data. As you just admit, there's tons of data about light, about neuroscience, about stimulation, about how it affects sleep. Really look at that and wrap your mind around why this makes sense. This is not an efficient use of your time. It's not beneficial. It's not what you want. You're very clear. And so then what is the rule for yourself? And also, questioners love to customize. Maybe God, I'm may- such a question. <laughs> so maybe the science is an hour, but you can be like, you know what? I think I'm better with 45 minutes, or I'm going to make it an hour 15. But really go deep into your justifications. And then given the justification and given what's true for you, what is the customized rule that you're going to make for yourself? And then once a questioner really believes it, they will execute that without much fuss. Mm-hmm. Now, obligers do much better when there's outer accountability. I know somebody who had a rule, not a bedtime rule, but a general rule. When she was on her devices, her children could be on their devices. So basically they ran around oh, the, that's smart. the apartment saying, Mommy, Mommy, check your phone. <laughs> um, or another person I know who could only check email while she was doing squats. But at bedtime, so an obliger might say, like, I need to model good behavior for my family. If I'm on my phone, then my husband's going to feel like he's going to be on his phone, and that's bad for both of us. You know, you could tell your friends, like, if you catch me – liking or or commenting on anything, bust me. So they feel like everybody around them is watching. That might Uh, work depending on how you use social media. You could use an app that's going to shut down your phone. Or you could form an accountability group for people where it's like we're all going to like talk about why we're going to keep these rules and then report back to each other on whether we're being consistent in doing it. Something like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this and like help me stick with it and you're going to give me accountability. Now, sometimes um, obligers need accountability and the people around them don't really want to give them accountability. I don't know what your husband is, but imagining that your husband were an obliger, if he said something like, hey – if you see me on my phone, tell me to get off. You might, you as a questioner might be like, no, if it's important to you, stay off your phone. If you want to be on your phone, I'm not your babysitter. But for him, that could actually be really helpful for uh-huh. you to play that rule. It wouldn't be badgering. They're uh-huh. asking for this accountability. And so maybe, that would drive me nuts. See, and that's the thing. Okay, that's a huge point is that obligers need accountability, but other tendencies don't like providing accountability. At the office, like upholders yes. can make bad bosses because they don't like to provide accountability, and that's what obligers need. Oh, so, so that nailed me. I love it when somebody exactly fits the profile. It's so satisfying. Uh-huh. The muggle sorting hat. Um, <laughs> um, and then for rebel, rebels do what they want to do. And for them, it's about choosing. And so they would never lock them into a rule like, uh-huh. I'm never going to check my phone after 10. But what they might do is be like, well, what kind of person am I? I'm not the kind of person who's addicted to technology. These social media technology companies can't addict me. I'm going to go to bed when I want. I'm going to turn it off whenever I say so. That's freedom of choice, not being addicted, not being controlled. Or they could say, like, look, like, I'm an intelligent person. I'm Uh at the top of my game. I bring it all. Uh You know, just watch me blow you away. And for that, I need to have every tool and I need to be sharp. And so I'm going to go to bed and I don't care if my boss is emailing me. I'm going to shut off my phone because uh-huh. I need my sleep and I'm going to do what I want. So they have to frame it in that rebel way, which is identity. This is the kind of person I am. This is what I want. This is what I choose. No one's controlling me. Now, what strikes me as you're using all of these examples is that actually the technology, the phone and all those things, as you said, they are built yes. to try and overcome yes. each of our tendencies. Yes. yes. And the more you sort of see the patterns of your own behavior, the more you can kind of hack yourself. And one thing that's very helpful is to say, like, well, was there a time in my life where I succeeded? Mm -hmm. So was there a time in my life where I didn't have trouble 
falling asleep at night and like what was different or, you know, maybe it's when I was reading to my kid in bed and then I would be so sleepy after I read him a chapter of Charlotte's Web, I had to immediately go to sleep. That's why habits are freeing and energizing Mm -hmm. because when you put that behavior on autopilot, then you don't have to make decisions. You don't have to use your self-control. You're not like, oh, you know, should I hit the snooze alarm one time or two times? You're like, no, I just get up at six. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's done. Or when do I brush my teeth? When my kids brush their teeth. I don't have to reward myself or, you know, think of why I should be left off the hook tonight. You just do it. And in terms of going through this exercise and understanding your motivation, is the goal still happiness? I mean, I think the the point is to have the life you want. And, you know, there's like 15 academic definitions of the words happiness. And some people don't like that word. You know, they feel like it's too soft or, you know, it's not transcendent enough or it's too sentimental. So I think it's it's to have the life you want. And for some people, they would describe that as happiness. For some people, they would describe that as life satisfaction. For some people, they would discover it's like fulfillment. Yes, to have the life you want. And I would call that a happy life. Is that a life that reflects your own interests, your own values, your own temperament? Yes. If you're not sure which tendency you are, you can meet Gretchen's sorting hat. No, just kidding. It's actually a quiz, and we will link to it on our website, notetoselfradio.org. Next week, another set of rules to live by, the Bill of Rights. Yeah, we're changing it up a little bit. This is a look at the Fourth Amendment and how it does and doesn't protect us when we use Gmail instead of parchment. If the government were to put a camera in my shower and say, I'm just going to record you showering, but I'm only going to look at it when I have a really good reason, it doesn't make it any better. Yeah, if you got an Amazon Echo for Christmas, you're definitely going to want to hear this one. The Note to Self team is Jen Poyant, Kat Aaron, and Joe Plord. Many thanks to Ben Mischev and Megan Kunain for their help this week. Note to Self is a production of WNYC Studios. I'm Manoush Samarodi. Which is awesome. Okay, why am I whispering? Now over to Gretchen. 